What is going on, guys? Matt O'Leary back with another episode of Just Jets. I am excited to get into today's episode with you, our weekly program where we go through a little bit longer form on a couple Jets topics. We answer voicemails. We got an audio form of this show. I am very excited for the 209th episode or edition of this program. Today, I'd like to get into a few things. Number one, Daniel Jeremiah dropped another mock draft, his 2.0, what we learned from that. You also have Bryce Huff supposedly not going to be franchise tagged by the New York Jets, which isn't crazy surprising. And also uh, some voicemails as well. We have a lot of calls this week to get into some exciting topics. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about a problem I've been having. So uh, I always start my day with coffee. And then in the afternoon, usually around 2, 2.30, I found myself going right back downstairs from my office to go make another cup of coffee. The problem is my energy levels just aren't there throughout the day like I need them to be. And I never really liked how energy drinks made me feel, so I don't drink energy drinks. But I decided to try Magic Mind, and I noticed an an immediate impact. After my first week, I noticed I was more focused, and I was even sleeping better at night because I didn't have as much caffeine in me. I just felt better. And it's all natural ingredients. It's sugar-free, nut-free, vegan, keto, and even paleo-friendly. I totally recommend you try it. And for a limited time, you get 56% off your first subscription. Or you could do 20% off your one-time purchase if you go to magicmind.com slash justjets, M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D, dot com slash just jets and use my code just jets 20 the kardashians drink it joe rogan had it on his podcast and even i drink it so make sure to check it out all right let's hop into today's episode where again i want to get into daniel jeremiah's mock draft that's where i want to start so in my opinion daniel jeremiah is one of the most accurate mock drafters in the game It's very challenging if you ask me to accurately predict how the NFL draft is going to go. Number one, the draft in general is just a crapshoot. So trying to figure out who is going to go where and what GMs are going to do and what teams have players ranked where. It's really, really challenging. But in my personal opinion, I think he does the best job at it. And to me, I usually tend to agree with the direction that he goes in his mock drafts. That's not to say that he is always correct in his mocks, but more often than not, I think he does a really good job. And when he speaks, I have I listen when it comes to the NFL draft, specifically with NFL mock drafts. And you have to also take into account his relationship with Joe Douglas. He and Joe Douglas were very close in real life. Uh, so it's not a surprise that he's been relatively accurate when talking about the New York Jets. And he's done two mock drafts recently, right? Like his, he's got the 1.0 came out, the 2.0 came out earlier this week. It came out yesterday on Tuesday. And for the second time, he mocked Talisi Fuonga to the New York Jets at pick number 10. Now, like I said, this is the second time it happened. The first time was a little bit more surprising because of who was still left on the board. But this time, both... Joe Walt and Olufashanu were already picked when the Jets were on the clock. Alt went 
to uh, went number five to the Chargers and Fashanu went to the Tennessee Titans at number seven, which then left Talisi Fuanga to the New York Jets at pick number 10. Now, naturally, you're going to have some people who are going to say, well, if Alton Fashanu are gone, I want to see the Jets go Brock Bowers or Roma Dunze or, or someone like that or go, go quarterback even or what, whatever your case is or whatever your argument is, trade back, this or that. I really am a big fan of Fuanga. To me, he's someone who you plug in from day one at right tackle, and I think he is a quality quality player especially because of his run blocking ability his pass pro isn't his strong suit but it's not like he's bad in pass protection he didn't allow a sack at the collegiate level like he's extremely extremely solid there um you know he could hold his he could hold his own but he has some room for growth in that area and to me i think some jeff fans are gonna overthink this which i would not Recommend. I think, you know, if that's how the board fell, Alton Fashani were gone. Jets stay at pick 10. They put in the card and it's Talisi Fuanga. I think the Jets are in a good spot. I'll be clapping. I'll be celebrating at our draft party. It'll be me, Ryan Greenbean. We'll be on stream. We'll have a bunch of Jet fans packed out in uh, in our draft party at the main event in Farmingdale, New York, out on Long Island. And I'll be there clapping. I'll be like, all right, I'm pumped. Let's go. The Jets got a stud offensive lineman, which is something that they really need. Some will say trade back. And if you do trade back, depending on how far you go, it's probably a good chance you'd lose out on uh, Fuanga. Again, it depends on how far you go. But in this mock draft, you also had J.J. McCarthy going in the top 10 and something we've seen and heard is that the NFL is significantly higher on J.J. McCarthy than consensus, right? Most people, I feel like, have J.J. McCarthy as a late first round, somewhere in the second round type of quarterback, but there's been a lot of smoke with him being a top 10 pick, which sounds maybe a little bit crazy, but that benefits the Jets for a few reasons. Number one, better players are going to fall because that is one of the nine teams that are picking in front of the New York Jets drafting another quarterback. So that's three quarterbacks off the board before the Jets are picking, potentially four. And then also, there's a chance that if he's still on the board at pick 10, there's three or four teams picking directly after the New York Jets who might be looking to trade up in order to get that quarterback. And then the Jets could move back, get more assets, and so on and so forth. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that one plays out, right? Like, again, I don't, I, I, I think there's probably, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to find it, but usually when it gets closer to the NFL draft, you get much more betting odds. Like right now you have the number one overall pick odds, you know, Caleb Williams over under, Drake May over under, where they're going to go. When you get really, really close, the you know, the books will put out odds on, a lot more guys and then pretty much every every pick who has the best chance to be, you know, selected at pick 8 or you know for the Giants at pick 6, Jets at pick 10. And for the Jets at pick 10, if I in my head are making up who I think is going to be favored or most likely, the names that I think are going to come up the most or at least if I had to make a top 3, I would probably go in order Fuanga, 
Fashanu two, Brock Bowers three, J.C. Latham four, even. I'll give you a fourth. Joe Walt isn't going to make it that far as much as I would like him to. We've described many times on this channel over the last couple of months how uh, someone like Olu Fashanu could end up being there for the Jets at pick number 10. But when it's all said and done, again, if I had to put a most likely on it, I would think that Fashanu is probably that most like, uh, excuse me, Fuonga is probably the most likely with Fashanu being a, uh, a slight second behind him. And again, I'm okay with it. I think that would be a, a home run for the Jets if that's who they ended up taking in the first round. Their offensive line was the worst in the NFL. I know they've spent a lot of capital uh, in both free agency, the draft, all that on this position, but it's important. You have to get it right. So I'm good with it. Now, the second thing that I wanted to get into today is this. Apparently... The Jets are not expected to franchise tag Bryce Huff, which I don't know about you guys is not something that is all that surprising. I think we're going to be in a spot where one of two things will happen. Either the New York Jets will at the last second sign Bryce Huff after he tests the market. Or he's just going to leave for nothing. They have a two week window where they could franchise tag him. And most people do not anticipate Bryce Huff getting tagged. You know, people who cover the team, uh, the beat reporters, national media. Zach Rosenblatt tweeted it out yesterday where he was uh, speaking on, on Bryce Huff. And if I had to make a prediction on it right now, right, we're going to assume that franchise tag is, is off the table. I'll say 75% chance he's gone, 25% chance he resigns with the Jets. I've made my opinion on it very clear for the last few months and even years. If you want to go back to me talking about the Jets should uh, extend Bryce Huff and they shouldn't trade Bryce Huff. I think they should pay him. I'm not sold that they will. And I think he's going to sign on somewhere else. You know, a team with a lot of money. And there's teams that are rivals of the New York Jets who have money. And, and you know, that's a position in need. The New England Patriots. The New York Giants, those are two teams that jump out. The Bears potentially could uh, could sign him. You know, these teams who could potentially, again, the, it's all about cap space and how high they're willing to go. I don't think the league thinks like some Jeff fans. Not all. I, I know a lot of Jeff fans are like, yeah, re resign Bryce Huff. I think it would be a wise thing to do. But then there's a portion of the fan base that's like he's only plays 40% of the, the the snaps. He's only so good because of the other guys in the pass rush. Um, he doesn't deserve to play more than 40% of the snaps. And it doesn't make sense to play someone who only plays such a limit or pay someone who plays such a limited role that a much amount of money. But my feeling on it is that some team is going to see what he's done in a limited sample. And it wouldn't be the first time there's been... Um, many teams who have taken uh, in, in free agency or through trade a guy who's been playing limited role and has produced in a limited role, giving him a bigger role, and they have success. Hassan Reddick is a great example of that, him finally getting in uh, you know, the, the proper position there. Shaq Barrett coming to live later, you know, coming to life later in his career. Sometimes you have edge rushers who come into the league and pop right away. Those are your rare talents. Miles Garrett, 
TJ Watt, you know, play, players of that caliber, Micah Parsons. But oftentimes it takes edge rushers a few years before they finally hit their peak. And, you know, how sometimes like quarterbacks, you think like 24 to 28, that's the range where they really hit it off and they get going. For edge rushers, sometimes that's not necessarily the case. It could be, you know, 26 to 30 is when they really, you know, when they really start to hit their stride and take that next big step. And I think that's what's going to happen here with Bryce Huff. I think he signed somewhere and he's, you know, going to be perennial 12 to 15 sack a year guy. If he's on a team that is playing with a lead, which is something that the Jets didn't have, I think those numbers could go even higher. He's been one of the most proficient pass rushers in the sport. Um, I don't know. I don't think Jets fans should be spin zoning like their own players into being worse than what they actually are. Most of the time, Jet fans are hyping up the players who aren't very good uh, and saying that they're that how great they are. But then Bryce Huff is a good example. Quinnen Williams, they'll go, ah, the sack numbers weren't there this year. He was, he's overrated and didn't deserve to get paid. It's just some of this fan base really, really <laughs> agitate me. It gets me going. Um, and that is one that I, I would hate to see leave. I would hate to see Bryce Huff go. But it does not appear that a tag and trade is on the table. We'll see if that changes. Again, that is, you know, we're very early in the process of when guys can get franchise tagged. It's going to be, you know, the end of February, early March. We're going to see some change. And March is a busy time. I know the NFL season just ended. Right now is a little bit of a dead period. Um, and then from like June to early mid July is another one. But there's not very many dead periods in the NFL. So, like, it's going to ramp back up again in March in a couple weeks. Then you have the draft in April. Then you have mini camps and and, uh, OTAs and all all that fun stuff. It's going to be good times. It's going to be good times on here uh, on the channel and just in in Jetsland. We're going to try to get it uh, to be good times uh, in Jetsland as well. Want to go to voicemails. Uh, We have a few to get through today. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Constantine. So if you missed it on last week's show, uh, Constantine wasn't happy because I didn't play his uh, voicemail from the week before. Uh, and he's very upset about that. So I responded. Constantine called in and he's going to have his reaction back to what I said. I'm just going to put it, say this. I'm not, we're not going to do this every single week. I can't do like I, I respond, he respond, I respond, he respond kind of thing. It's not entertaining to the other, you know, however many hundreds, thousands of people watch or listen to the show. So I am going to give Constantine the the floor here. Uh, And then for next week and beyond, if he wants to call in and interact, that's fine. If not, that is also okay. But I'm not going to do a weekly weekly back and forth. But since I was uh, passionate with my reaction after the after his call last week. I feel like I at least owe it to him and the show in general to have some closure on it. And that's going to be it. And just as a reminder, just because you call in for anyone, just because you call in does not necessarily guarantee that it is going to be on the show. Sometimes if I want to go a different direction on the show, we don't do all every single voicemail. Sometimes there's too many. Sometimes it's, I don't really want to talk about that on this episode. Instead, I want to go this direction. Maybe it's a focus on the draft. 
uh, or maybe it's a, a call on free agency and I don't really, we don't really are doing that. That's just an example. But again, there's a screening pot, a process just because you call in doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go on the show. There has to be some value to the listener as well. So with all those in mind, again, we'll listen to the response and then we'll move on. Hey Matt, this is Constantine from PA. First of all, let me tell you something. Without people listening to your show and calling in, you don't have a show, okay? Not all of us have the luxury of sitting behind a mic and sit on our ass all day and sit there and listen to people talk about the New York Jets. Some of us have real lives, first of all. Second of all, as far as miserable existence, the Jets are a miserable organization, okay? And it's not my fucking fault that they can't put two and two together and make the playoffs maybe once in 13 years, okay? So let's not sit there and point the finger at me. All I said was you played three voicemails and you talked about Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson, and nobody gives a shit about them, okay? Get in touch with your base, talk to your people, and ask them how they feel about Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold, okay? So if you're man enough to let me respond, let me respond, okay? I've been a Jets fan my entire life, okay? I'm older than you, okay? And I've seen more than you, okay? And the bottom line is the Jets haven't done what they said they would do 20 years ago, let alone last year. So why should I expect anything different next year? Yeah, I'm frustrated and I'm mad because I put a lot of money and a lot of my fucking time into watching this team do nothing but disappoint me and break my heart, okay? So if you want to make it a personal one-on-one battle, that's fine. I can start my own show. I'll make it the Constantine show. I'll make it live. I'll make it to where people could call in and say whatever the fuck they want to say. And if I get cut off, so be it. I'm not going to live in fear. You don't have to. So don't sit there and ridicule me. I've been calling you for almost two years now. And if you don't want me on your show, fucking great. I don't care. I got other things to do anyway. But I'm only calling in to respond because I felt like that personal attack was unwarranted. And as far as you're concerned, I don't care what you think. You don't own the Jets. You don't pull the strings. All you do is talk. There's nothing you can do with the New York Jets that'll make any kind of difference in wins and losses. So remember that, too. And get in touch with your base. Because nobody cares about Zach Wilson. Nobody cares about Sam Donald. So what if he went to the Super Bowl? Who won the Super Bowl? Not the 49ers. So Sam Donald doesn't have a ring. And he never will. And that's all I got to say about that. Fantastic. Blaze from New York is up next. What's going on, Matt O'Leary? I've been a listener for a while now and uh, just listening to your uh, your weekly show. And I kind of want to piggyback off what Henry said of where you're going to get, you know, six jet creators, kind of like, you know, Jets 24-7, Green Bean, Jet Central, maybe Jake Asman. But maybe to uh, make it a little bit more interesting, because I see the problem that you would have with that, um, maybe you kind of find a content creator for each team. So you have 32. Everybody kind of is picking their preference okay. for what their team wants. You actually make, you know, legit draft there. I think that would be a great idea. Uh, again, this is Blaze from uh, New York. Looking forward to hearing from you. And uh, as always, go Jets, baby. So really cool idea. I've been a part of 
other creators have had like first round mocks where they do every single team that way. Now, I think it would be so interesting, but also so challenging to do a full seven round. That's a, a lot. Of, that's a lot of picks. That's what? 257 picks. It'd be really cool to see something like that come to fruition. I could see it logistically happening for like a a first round pick, uh, a first round mock draft. Like a, I've seen, you know, I've I've done it. I've been, I've been a part of it. But a full seven with that is I I, I like where your head is at though. I'm gonna be honest with you, Blaze. That is a very interesting idea, and I like the call out from last week and then bringing it up again this week of some sort of jet creator mock draft crossover I don't know I think it'd be I think it's a cool idea we gotta figure out a, w- a way to do it um, and then kind of just go from there I like it let's go to Lawrence who is calling in from New York and he wants to talk about uh, some offensive free agents uh, this is Lawrence calling from Newburgh, New York and I'm actually just calling to say that if we got Calvin Ridley and Curtis Samuel Mike Unwenu, with some restructures, obviously. What could be wrong with that offense going into the draft? I mean, obviously, you'd like to pick up a garden free agency as well. But outside of that, I think that would make a beautiful offense. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank you for so much, Lawrence, for the call. I think that's a really great start to free agency. So you bring in at this point, right? Like, let's go through each guy. Calvin Ridley and Curtis Samuel are, that's a bona fide number two and number three receiver right there. Uh, Mike Onwenu, I like his flexibility that he could play either tackle or guard. So it's going to be contingent on what you want to do with AVT. And you could still draft someone, as he said. But that's a really, really good start to getting this thing right. Because those are the two most important positions that the Jets need to upgrade. Offensive line and wide receiver. Something I don't get, and obviously clearly is not what Lawrence is doing. But anytime I feel like... I talk about a position that the Jets should look to add at either in the draft, not necessarily the first round, but just in the draft in general or free agency. A lot of times I'll get pushed back and be like, well, they got to fix the offensive line first. I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. That the fixing the offensive line is obviously period stop. Number one on this list, but they also have a massive hole at wide receiver two and potentially wide receiver three. Alan Lazard's going to be here. You know Xavier Gibson's going to be here. Jason Brownlee as well as depth. But if this team's going to compete, they need significantly more in the wide receiver room. And it doesn't have to be a star, absolute number one wide receiver, but a Calvin Ridley, who's probably going to be 15 to $18 million a year. Maybe it gets up to 20 I would be a little bit surprised if it does. But let's say $18 million a year for Calvin Ridley and another nine for Curtis Samuel. And you got yourself something going on there. Or maybe it's just Calvin Ridley and you're using your third or fourth round pick on a receiver that can come in and hopefully play right away. That's risky because the Jets haven't had much luck. But other teams seem to be able to find guys who could come in and contribute from day one in a in a depth role. I'm not saying, you know, you're not going to find Puka Nakua every year who is, what, a fifth, sixth round pick and comes in and is an absolute star from day one. That That's not a realistic ask. Sometimes it happens, right? But I'm just even looking for the Jets to find a mid-round, somewhere between round two, which they don't have right now, but if they move back, maybe they get it or they could trade up, whatever. 
They have multiple picks in the third, you know, three picks in the third round and fourth round combined. Can they use one of those picks and get an immediate impact player at the wide receiver position, meaning play a role, be a wide receiver three, you know, catch 45 passes this year, have four to 600 receiving yards, catch a few touchdown passes. We get, you have instead, you have guys like, unfortunately, and I was a fan of him when they drafted him. I thought it was a steal. Denzel Mims, who comes in and has a, a few good games as a rookie and then does nothing for you after that. Or, or Darius Stewart, who was a third-round pick, who did absolutely nothing for you. Devin Smith, who was a second-round pick, who did absolutely nothing for you. Stephen Hill, who was a second-round pick, who did absolutely nothing for you. Chad Hansen, who was a fourth-round pick, who did absolutely nothing for you. And you can just go on and on and on and on and on. But Joe Douglas has to change that trend. They need to find some mid-round guys on day two and day three who can come in and help you right away. They don't have to be stars. You know, not every single draft is going to be the 2022 draft. That's not what we're we're saying. The Jets got four right legitimate studs from that draft and a tight end two and Jeremy Ruckert and you know, hopefully he develops a little bit more and, and, and stuff like that. But can you get your first round pick to be a plus starter and then in your other, I don't know, five picks get two solid role players? In year one, that that would be a win. If your first round pick, let's pick 10. We talked about Talisi Fuanga earlier, so let's use him as the example. Can he come in and be a good starter right away? Not not an all pro, but just come in and not be awful. Just solid starter. And then you get a wide receiver. Maybe it's a, a, a wide receiver three type of player. And then a mid-round talk another position, a mid-route guard who is an average starter for you right away. That would be great. It would go a long way to fixing this team because right now, unfortunately, the only times it feels like they get really good value on some of their picks outside the first round, with exception to Brees Hall, who was at the top of the second round, it's all on the defensive side of the ball. Michael Carter II, defensive developed. Bryce Huff, undrafted free agent who has developed defensive side of the ball. Brandon Eccles, defensive side of the ball. Tony Adams, defensive side of the ball. You know, even some of their waiver wire finds. Quincy Williams, defensive side of the ball. JFM, defensive side of the ball. They need more, they need more hits like that on offense. So good call out there. Let's go next to Colin from Iowa. He's got a crazy idea. I love crazy ideas. Let's talk about it. What's up, Matt? This is Colin from Iowa. First time caller. Welcome. Love your content. You know, I watch all your videos pretty much daily. Thank you. But I got a wild proposition here. Okay. So, first off, I think the Bears are taking Caleb Williams. No thought about it, and they're moving off of Justin Fields. So here's my thought. What if the Jets trade a future pick? Obviously not this year, but you trade a future next year pick, something like that, and you try to get Justin Fields in and sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you got a little conflict of interest because Joe Douglas is going to have to admit that he messed up. But I think it could be a good idea. You don't have to trade away this year, and you might be able to trade away a cheaper, you know, not as high pick, being he's going to have to sign another contract here soon. So I don't know what you think, if that's probably a pipe dream, but let me know what you think. Thank you. Yeah, I... 
don't think it's super realistic. I'm not going to kill you on it because obviously the Jets need a contingency plan at quarterback. I agree with you that I don't think the Bears are going to keep him. I think they are going to draft a quarterback, which is what they should do, by the way. Restart that clock. And Justin Fields hasn't shown you enough where you know for sure he's definitely the guy after year three. There's been some things that he has looked okay with him. There's been some things that has not looked very good with him. It's an unknown going into year four. So instead of playing that game going forward, that you can just restart that clock with Drake May or Caleb Williams, whichever one you like better. The problem is they passed on him to draft Zach Wilson. So optics-wise, a GM moving on from this offseason, Zach Wilson, and then trading for the guy that he could have taken instead, I don't see it as very likely. Now, the reason why I think a Sam Howell could make more sense, even though I did a video yesterday, I was saying that my preference is Jacoby Brissett. I would just sign sign a vet, steady guy. But different draft class, it can't be that, you know, trading for someone from that very same draft class, if you go the year after for someone who needs a fresh start or, you know, the year before or whatever, right? It's a little bit different than saying, all right, you know, this is a guy that also could have been taken second overall. We didn't do that. Now we're going to have to trade for him and rehabilitate him that way. I just don't think it's very likely. Someone who will trade for him and he's going to get a chance to play somewhere else eventually. And who knows? Maybe it clicks for him. Maybe he ends up working and he becomes a guy. I just, I would be absolutely floored if Joe Douglas did that. Absolutely floored. Let's go to Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley up next. He wants to get into some draft stuff. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the beautiful Hudson Valley. Calling in with this third part of the Jets offseason calls. Uh, and this time, ready to talk about the draft. And uh, thank you, by the way, for the little shout-out of Talking Jets. I appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. To get into you guys more as a group than just individually. And get all my content creators kind of lined up now. Not just yourself. <laughs> Um, so I'm just trying to make sure I get lots of different perspectives about the Jets. Thank you. Uh, in the draft, obviously we know right now the Jets are sitting at number 10 and obviously looking for a tackle. I think using the same criteria I have over the last couple of weeks, probable 75% or greater, uh, 50-50 questionable, doubtful 25% or less. Uh, talking about the tackles that are available, I think Alt probably is going to go into the doubtful Yep, that he'll be there at number 10. Agreed. Of course, the Jets will end up staying there. I'm hoping that both Fashanu and Fuaga wind up being 50-50, maybe even a little greater than that, uh, as far as being available to pick 10 for the Jets to get one of them. I also think even J.C. Latham is not a bad option, although I'd only really see him at right tackle, and I'd probably still give the Jets only like the 25% or less chance of actually picking him at that position because we all know how Joe Douglas likes Swaga, but I also agree with Ryan that maybe they're smoke screening it or should have smoke screened it and maybe that they're really looking for Fashano or something else. Um, but the other part of what I want to talk about for the draft is this. We know the Jets have picks in the first round, third round, two in the fourth, sixth, and some compensatory picks at the end in the seventh round. But one thing we do know about Joe Douglas is that he never sits on those picks. Every True. year he trades around 
gathers more picks, moves picks or you know up and down, and gets more guys in. And of course, we get some undrafted free agents at the end of everything. So, of course, do you think that that's going to happen this time around? And hopefully, do the Jets pick up a second rounder, just maybe trading down in the first round, or maybe it's something where, like, we don't want to happen. Bryce Huff goes somewhere else, and we get a second rounder that way. So, let me know your thoughts on all that, and go Jets. Absolutely. Thank you so much for checking in with us here. I agree with you all. Doubtful to make it to pick 10. Like, really, really doubtful. I think 7 to the Titans is his absolute floor. I don't I don't think he makes it past that. It depends on what the Chargers want to do. I could see them going Bowers. I could see them going uh, wide receiver also potentially. Would it shock you if Harbaugh was just like, we're going to beef up the offensive line? Also, no. If I was the Chargers, I think I would go weapon. But again, how could you be mad at the thought of going having bookend tackles like Alton Slater? That's <laughs> That sounds unbelievable. So maybe that's the route that they decide to go. Fashanu, I'm going to say coin flip that he's there. So 50-50 sounds about right. Fuonga, I think, is probable to be there very, very likely. Latham as well. If they move down, feel a little bit differently about taking Latham. I don't love taking him over Fuanga. I'm not the biggest JC Latham fan for the Jets. I look at him as strictly a right tackle. And his size scares me. And maybe that's unfair because, you know, as I've said this before on other shows, but... You know, every single prospect is different. It's not a guarantee that it's going to be a carbon copy of the last time he did something, but the Jets really just got burned by going with uh, a height and weight outlier, and they're going to just get right back on the horse and do it again. Maybe. Maybe that's the right way to go. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. But in my in my opinion, if I was in that spot and my first draft in 2020, I went with a high-ceiling guy, but someone who had a low floor because of his size— and you know, I swung big and I missed on it. I might go with probably more of the sure thing this time around, especially when I'm in a spot where I'm one trying to save my job, and number two, have my team in a spot where they are really pushing to go for it. You're almost better off with the higher floor, lower ceiling guys to help you in the immediate than going with the high variance guys because you don't know if they're going to be able to help you out right away. That's my take on it. I don't think they trade down in the first round. I mean, anything's possible. Joe Douglas hasn't done it yet. I do agree. I think we see some movement later on, though. They don't have a second-round pick. They do have a third-round pick and two-fourths, so maybe they try to move around in that range. No fifth-round pick. They have a sixth and three-sevenths. I don't know how much you could really package those picks and move, but I think it would be wise to... you know, not just throw the dart three dart throws in round seven. Doesn't sound like the wisest of things to do maybe you package some try to move up maybe you trade a day three pick for an already established player a a guy i've talked about a lot someone that i know uh ryan from jets talk 24 7 really likes a lot is Cortland sutton and if he's available for you know a fourth round pick that is absolutely something that i would consider yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely way to go about it. And I appreciate you, Peter, checking in with some of the other stuff that we got going on. Yeah, over on Talking Jets, I'm sure most of you know who listen to this also watch videos on Talking Jets every Tuesday night. It's myself, Ryan, and Green Bean. We do 
a live stream. We've been doing it for four or five years now, every Tuesday. It's been an absolute blast doing it. And we've recently expanded. We have three new shows on Monday. It's uh, Dom C., who's the prospect guy, one of the best Jets prospect guys in the NFL draft, minds that uh, that we're lucky to have with Ryan. And they do talking Jets draft, different draft scenarios. And that'll be year-round, right? Like even in the offseason after the draft, you can take a look at prospects and all that fun stuff. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, on Wednesdays is our armchair GM with uh, Tigo and Greenbean, two guys who are just incredibly passionate and opinionated. And I love it. I, I think they have a great dynamic already. And then on Thursdays, it's uh, myself and Jeremy, Jets Chaos. And uh, we do reality check where we're going through and finding storylines about the Jets throughout the week, trying to diagnose where they came from. Is it realistic to happen? What would have to happen in order for that to be a real thing for the Jets? All that fun stuff. It's been, We're early in the process. We only started these shows in February, so it's all very new. But it's been a lot of fun. And also, while I'm talking about other things that I do, I started a show uh, with Anthony Rivardo from Fireside Giants. Uh, and it is a Jets-Giants roundtable kind of show where we combine forces, right? You have the Jets side. You have the Giants side. And you go together. And it's a New York football roundtable show. And that's Big Apple Blitz. Uh, all that stuff, all, the, all my channels are linked in this YouTube, uh, on YouTube, on my page. So if you're interested in checking that stuff out, please do. It really means a lot. Let's go to uh, PG calling in from Long Island. Let's do it. Hello, Matt O'Leary. PG from Long Island. Uh, a couple quick points I want to make. Three. One is you had a call a couple weeks ago uh, from Nevada, I believe, one of your callers. I'm sorry, my brother. I don't remember your name two weeks ago. But you guys going back and forth on um on Woody Johnson as the owner. And here's my take. You both have good points, but Woody wants the team to win. He cares about it, and he's willing to spend money. So eventually with that combination, he's going to get it right. Uh, might, 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 might not be the smartest football mind in the world, but he tries. Uh, second point is Coach Carter from the offensive line. And my question is this. With the social media postings from players, both present and former is is that going to really hinder the ability for the Jets to get signed offensive linemen I hope not if it is it's a problem I want to get your thoughts on that and my third thing is this um, there's, there's talk of bringing Jamal Adams back are you freaking kidding me <laughs> that narcissistic a-hole has no business being in the locker room or in the organization whatsoever and he's really not that good so anyway my thoughts on those uh your thoughts on those please um matt and as always go jets i appreciate you thank you so much for calling in so my pushback on woody would be that his willing his wanting to win and willing to spend is only half the battle and I get it. Like that that's a very, very good key to have, but you also have to be hands off. You have to let hire the people that you trust to do, actually do the job and, and don't, you know, get your grubby mitts all over it. So that'd be my pushback there. The second part I 
hope it doesn't have a huge impact on the offensive line, but it very well could. Coaching matters. It's a positional coach. So guys around the league, they know, you know, they know other positional coaches. They know reputations. I'm sure he can get on the phone, you know, Use, I don't know, any any free agent you like could get on the phone with someone who's currently with the Jets or someone who was with the Tennessee and be like, hey, what's 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 Keith Carter really like? And then they go, oh, well, like, yeah, that is just don't just don't. And for Jamal, I I'm all good. I am all good on Jamal. I'm just not a not a good guy. And that's where the legend Vinny from Peekskill wants to go. He's calling in and he wants to talk Jamal. Hey Matt, it's Jeff. Uh, Welcome to Skill Talk. Hope you enjoyed the ball weekend. I want to talk about the Jamal Adams stuff because, my God, like I can't believe people in this fandom are this brain dead. Like your video hit every point on it, but I mean to actually sit here and talk about not bringing back someone not only who is injury prone and is literally falling off a cliff. But, like, he didn't just drop the nuclear bomb on the franchise. He dropped the SAR bomb on the franchise. That's how big, that's how hard he went. And we all know the only reason why he's, he's talking the way he is. Because he's desperate. Of course. He's desperate to go to a team and hoping that uh, sentimentalism that we all know is non-existent between most of us fans will somehow bring him back here. I mean, it's ridiculous. Fans just need to accept the fact. Fans need to move on. If we can get someone who's much better talented, who is going to try to command more, a lot of money? That's all, and go Jets. Absolutely. I could not agree more with you, Vinny. Not only is Jamal just not good on the field anymore, he's also just a, he's not a, not a good guy. So it's a double double whammy. And you're 100 percent right. He is desperate. He needs the Jets much more than the Jets need him. The Jets don't need another linebacker. Sorry, they don't. Let's close out the show with Nick from DC. He's got a draft idea. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from D.C. What's up, man? It's been uh, like probably over a year since I've called in. We missed uh, you. So hope you're, uh, hope you're doing well. But um, listen, I, w- I want to throw out a scenario, and I know I'm going to get like probably gonna get a lot of pushback. Uh, <laughs> maybe Constantine will come out and cancel culture me or whatever the hell. Um, but I, I want to throw out a scenario. Like I said, I don't think this is really honestly feasible or, or will happen. But I, I, I do wonder... If, and I'm, again, I know this is out there. I do wonder about trading up and trying to snag a quarterback. I say this all because I do want to go in all, all in on this year. I want to get a tackle. I want to get a receiver. I want to get a tight end. I want to get a, you know, maybe some safety help later in the rounds. But I really, I think the quarterback position we are in with Aaron being, you know, almost 40 years old, or maybe he will be 40 by the time the season starts, coming off an Achilles, which really is the worst injury you can get, it, it, it is less of a known thing than I, I think some of us fans want to want to really admit. And the other thing is, I do think 
bringing in one of these really talented prospects. And that's the biggest thing is like, you know, you have your scouts say, okay, this prospect would stack up with these prospects in the past five years. And how do they stack up? How does Jaden Daniels, how does Drake May? I mean, that's probably a long shot, but you know, how do they stack up, right? Even, you know, Bo Nix or Michael Penix or whatever. Um, you know, you could either try to trade up and try to get the best ones or trade back and get one of the, you know, the, the Bo Nixes of the world. Um, you just, it would be ideal for that kid to sit behind Aaron for a year. Um, I think we've seen that, that, you know, throwing a rookie in can, you know, more often than not hurt them, right? CJ Stroud and, and the others are a, an outlier there. I think Aaron did a good job mentoring Jordan Love. I mean, that kid kid brought the Packers to the the playoffs. So, anyway, I I think this is a – I think it would be a fruitful idea. I think these prospects this year are really good with Jaden Daniels and and all them. But, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that and how that works and, you know, your opinion. Anyway, thanks. Go Jets. Yeah, so – I understand where people are coming from, and thanks again for the call, Nick, who want to go quarterback in the first round. Like, I I get it. I don't want it to come off like I'm dismissive of that thought process because quarterback is the most important position in the sport. It's very clear the Jets don't have a plan after Aaron Rodgers. The issue is both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have to win this year. They have to be in a spot where they are making the playoffs. Um, they don't deserve an extra leash, right? To where they'd be like, you get a pass for no matter what happens this year. Again, it's year six for Joe Douglas. And it's year four for Robert Sala. So if they were to do that, right? Let's like either one trade up for a quarterback or number two, if someone's there at 10, Jane Daniels falls, JJ McCarthy, like whoever, right? They decide at 10 and that's what they do. They draft a quarterback. If it doesn't work in 2024, then they won't even be here to see that quarterback play. And then the next guy, they got to find a GM and a head coach who's going to want to come in and take that job with a first-round quarterback that they didn't even take. And they're going to be attached to that guy too, which is tough. That's a really tough place to be. The Jets are stuck in the middle right now. They don't have a future quarterback. They have holes right now that need to be filled. And I don't think they have enough to just fill all their needs in free agency. I think they need to use the draft as well, which is where an offensive tackle at pick 10 comes in or wide receiver or whatever, right? It's not a bad thought and your heart is in the right place of trying to find that long-term answer because it's the most important position in the sport. But I think because what I laid out with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas needing to be a playoff team this year and having to make everything make everything go right this year and be sure that everything goes right this year, I really don't think they do it. And I don't think it would be the right decision for this team. I think they need to continue to build out the offensive line. That's not to say that they can't take a quarterback later and see if they could develop. You know, we've seen quarterbacks who've been taking taken outside the first round end up having success. Sure, there's a lot of misses, but you know, Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are a couple guys who won a lot of football games and and played well. I know both those guys get a lot of hate and they're not in the elite of the elite tier. They're not a top 5 quarterback, but do both guys live probably somewhere between 10 to 18? Yeah, they probably do. 
And is that enough? I, I, I don't know. But again, moral of the story, th- this team, they need to figure out a way to get into the playoffs in 2024. And quarterback in the first round probably hurts their chances at that because that means you, your offensive line or wide receiver room probably isn't going to be good enough. So that that's my pushback against that idea. Let me know your guys' thoughts in the comments if you're a YouTube watcher. If you're an audio form person, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment, review, all that good stuff. It really helps me out. I appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you getting to do this every day. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you guys next time. Go Jets.